podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for watching the Instant Reaction. For full episodes of the Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Well, we take those, don't we? Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Instant Reaction on the Canon Podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend, Babs14. Um, that was stressful. Too stressful for my liking, but welcome to the Champions League, I guess. Like, ding, 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 man. We are Champions League guys. And uh look, we survived. We hung in there. Uh you can look at it in two ways. One, it's the perfect experience. The team grows, it learns, it was mature. I also look at it in a bit in a sense of, yeah, like they survived, and I respect that. But partly a bit frustrated in how we ended that game in a sense of a little bit more composure. When you're bringing on Enketia and you're bringing on Trossard and Co., especially Enketia, I wanted just a little bit more composure going forwards yeah. uh, it seems like sometimes he's coming off the bench nowadays and i don't know if it's the fact that he's not starting and he's not happy with it but he kind of just kills the energy in our attack sometimes either slows it down or gives away a foul just those little things where as a fan watching is very frustrating um so look we survived i can't complain too much and a win is a win but i think the improvement for me is in future occasions when we're in that moment mm. just compose yourself so you're not down to 10 men you know that's uh, how it felt like towards the tranquilo, end tranquilo tranquilo yeah and I, I think it is a probably a, a youth thing where the team's like, oh, oh, hang on a minute. And I guess in the Premier League, they might... Have I bugged out or have you bugged out? Uh... Has Babs gone? Oh, Babs has gone. Okay, uh, I'll take over. Um, yes, it was. It was one of those one of those games um, where we can we can look at it in many many different ways. As you know, as, as you come in most games, but but specifically with this one, I think you could take all the positives from that and say, um, you know, that was a, a great win in the Champions League, and you know, we 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 won away in Spain for the first time since two. <laughs> R.I.P. Mister Field Tilt. <laughs> Very funny. Um, uh, yeah, we we could say you know say you know first time we won away in the Champions League since two thousand and six, and like half our players weren't even born then, and all that sort of stuff uh, in in Spain. Sorry, um, and, uh, and you know fantastic. We dug in, we got the victory, whatever. We got the points, whatever. That all of that is true, and I think at the same time we can also say uh, that we probably made that more stressful than it needed to be. I think that's probably uh, probably fair. Um, I think, uh, yeah, let, let's let, let's break down some stuff. So I thought the first half we were okay. Um, I felt we were sort of similar in many ways to um, to how we've been playing recently anyway, um, in terms of uh, the last couple of weeks, um, which is probably understandable. Uh, I thought we were a, a lot better at playing through the thirds. I think it helps being in Europe. Um, but I think the main tactical switch that I saw was uh, on the slant uh, from Tomiyasu. Uh, in terms of being in the midfield on the slant against uh, Rice. And that was really nice. And I thought it really worked and allowed us to get out, which was lovely. Um, playing through the thirds, um, I thought, um, what else did we do? I thought we got out pretty nicely. I thought we were varying our play a little bit more than we had been. Um, sort of uh, switching the ball, uh, trying different ways of, of, of progressing, which was fine. But Sevilla hung in. 
Sevilla hung really tight and I thought did really well. So so credit to them. Um, and then one moment, one moment happens. And this is the thing is we, we could have been sat here after a game where it was 1-1 one, one, or, you know, one one you know that moment where they scored the set piece and we're all complaining and we're all saying, you know, oh, well, this didn't go for us today, our finishing's off, whatever. But all it took was one moment, right? One moment, well, two moments uh, for us, certainly. Um, and this is the thing, we're playing a game of very, very, very fine margins and, 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 and you know, we, we have to accept that. And the thing that I really loved, I really loved, was seeing Arteta's response because I don't know if you guys noticed, but the cut, camera immediately cut to him. He'd seen an amazing bit of skill from Jesus. Martinelli's gone through and he's talking to his coaching staff. He's saying, this needs to change, this needs to change. And that is the point. The one thing you can do in life, but also mainly in football, is focus on what you can control. Focus on what you can control. What can we do better? And then all those moments, those little things, those little margins, they will start to go for you. So I was really, really pleased with that um, because this definitely was another day where we'd be saying, oh, our attack's not clicking, whatever. And I think that's fair because I, I, especially during the first half, our attack wasn't clicking. I thought our final third play was poor, to be honest. Um, I thought in terms of how we connect in the final third, in terms of Saka, uh, is he unfit? Is he just not clicking? Is he out of form? Is he? I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. Everything seemed late. Everything seemed uh, mistimed or, or, or so on and so forth. Uh, I don't think it was quite right. Um, and then towards the end of the first half, we get that moment and the whole mood changes. And then we come out the second half and we look fantastic, right? Um, and I think Sevilla were really sort of shaken by by that in sort of the story of the game. But yeah, I, 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 I choose to take the positives from this. I don't, I will talk about the negatives, but I think we should really, really focus on the idea that um, broadly we've seen a we've seen a, a fantastic, you know, away win in the Champions League. It's not to ignore the positives, but I think we should take as many as we can from tonight because we might come away from that game thinking, you know, intense crowd. We had to dig in at the end, and it was a bit, you know, it was a bit scary, and especially on the instant reaction, we all want to go, well, this wasn't right, this wasn't right. But if we take a step back, we can go, okay. Big big game, big night. We dug in. Declan Rice, fantastic performance away in, uh, away in Spain. First win since 2006 in Spain. So, you know, there's a lot of positives. We will discuss the negatives. And Bavs is back to do it. You're right, mate. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear me, but my internet cut off. So, you know, I have to have a word with those guys there. But uh, yeah, we're back. I don't know what you discussed there, but uh, I probably agree with what you said. So, sort of um, run through the game. Sort of run through the game. I think let's... I'm, I'm broadly saying that I think there was some uh, some problems this evening but I think we we shouldn't ignore the 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 positives but let's let's linger on on some of those problems that we did have I thought uh I've discussed uh, before about the first half and our sort of um lack of cohesion in the final third um but let's come to some individual performances in terms of uh what people I know will want us to talk about is David Ra's performance I think yep. there was a tweet from uh, Gunner Blog, which I want to get up, which I think is absolutely bang on the money. And Gunner Blog says, no, not Gunner Blog, sorry. Um, Gunner Punner. He says, I feel like Raya plays exactly how Arteta wants, but not at the level he needs, but he's okay with that. Like he'll try to play the right pass every time, but mess up a bunch of them. And we're not okay with it, but Arteta seems to be. And that is exactly how I feel about Raya. I think Raya's doing trying to do the right things and that's why Arteta sticks with him but his execution is off at the minute that's what I feel mm -hmm. and I, I don't know if the, the mistakes are a phase or if they're just uh, you know him as a player 
because I've seen him play in Brentford, I've seen him obviously play for the first few Arsenal games, and I didn't see this level of mistakes. So I think goal, people need to understand that goalkeepers are very much confidence-based, and right now, that confidence is getting drained out of him with the mistakes that he's making, and is it down to his himself quality-wise, or is it how Arteta is asking him to play? That, of course, is the question long-term-wise, but I think we'll see over the course of the season how it plays out. And that's why I'm not going to make a, a sweeping statement now. Was it 10 games into his Arsenal career? Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a, I just want to get the tweet up because I think I think it, it's exactly how I feel. I think it's bang on. Um, and, you know, we are, uh, we're dealing with a goalkeeper and we're dealing with a coach who is trying to change how we look in the goal, you know, and, that, and, and trying to get the absolute maximum out of every single, uh, every single position. And I think this is really it. MM says, rise principled. I know there will be people who say you don't give Ryan enough criticism. He wasn't good enough tonight. He made mistakes. It was poor. But I think we, if we're sat here in November, December, and the mistakes are still happening, and we're not getting, um, you know, we're, we're still getting results. We, we still, you know, only lost a couple of games. Then at that point, I'll be saying something needs to change. But at the moment, I can see the principles. I just don't think what he's doing is reaching those principles, which is a problem. But but equally, I think it's clear what the solution is. And it's been too short of a sample size for me to say that's not, you know, we, we just need to abandon this idea of moving, tr trying to move from the, these principles to these principles, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think what we'll see is, I think where he's been fortunate is the mistakes that he's made so far hasn't cost Arsenal. Maybe for the one against Lens, potentially. Most of them have kind of, he's got away with it, a bit of luck or, you know, he somehow saved himself. So I think we'll see when it does cost Arsenal, potentially, mm -hmm. if he makes it again, yep. what Arteta's direction will be. Will it yep. be dropped or will it be, let me let me stay, let me keep you in? Yep. Um, uh, other possible negatives uh, in terms of controlling the game at the end? You sort of mentioned it earlier on. Do you want to expand on that? Like in terms of how we how we approach that? It did It did feel... It's a shame we couldn't control the game better towards the end. And I'm not sure I have a, an immediate response now. I think on the podcast on Thursday, I might be able to break it down a little bit more. But right now, I don't really know because I need to watch it back. But I yeah. think it felt to do with our shape. It felt to do with a little bit of switching off at times. I mean, Jesus is the perfect example. We go out and score that second goal and then he immediately switches off at the set piece. I felt yeah. like a sort of uh, indicative of the team, slightly just just being almost shocked by the occasion. That's, I'm not sure it's particularly good analysis, something to look into it. But yeah, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's come down to a lack of uh, experience and composure, especially with certain players where they end the final third or enter in the final third and it's just like, keep it for a second, like a little second. Mm. Instead, they try to fool something, try to make something happen. And look, when you're trying to win the game and you're, you're behind or it's nil-nil, fair enough, but at that stage where you're up and ahead and Sevilla have got momentum, you need to find a way to kill it. And I yep. think in this game, we didn't quite do that at all. There was not many many players that was trying to slow it down. Little occasions with Georgina's tried it and he's got experience. Rice tried it to bring it forwards as well. But I think our attackers off the bench, uh, mainly I think in Ketia, more than Trossard, it was, it was a bit lacklustre. I wanted a little mm -hmm. bit more, even Havertz as well. I wanted a little bit more in terms of get on the ball, make something happen. You've got energy and let me see that now. Um, and I think it came down to just a, a bit of panicking on the ball. You know, relax. You've got a bit of time on yourselves. There's no need to panic. And maybe it's because they haven't had a lot of minutes to play. And they're like, I need to make something happen. I need to stand out straight away. But sometimes in games like that, it's about seeing out. And then, yep. you know, that will help you build uh, credit in the bank. Yep. Big time. Big time. Uh, things that you love to see. These two boys. Um, it's a shame with Jesus because it feels almost indicative of of his entire career that he goes and pulls that performance out and then immediately c goes off with an injury. 
I hope it's yeah. not serious. Um, he he looked okay, just just from a, a completely amateur perspective and TV cameras that everyone saw. He looked like he was standing up and he was walking off and he was kind of all right and he was moving okay. But, you know, we'll have to see. You know, I just hope it isn't anything serious. Luckily, it's not his knee, which is his knee has been the issue. So so I'm hoping it's a kind of a hamstring issue is what he was touching. But Martinelli, I mean, it just feels like this guy was born for the Champions League and he delivered tonight. Yeah, that, that, that little, that's what I'm talking about, little composure, that extra second when he gets that goal, when he runs the keeper, a lot of players, he had a chance in early, in the, early in the game where he had a similar opportunity and he shot and the keeper saved it. So obviously just learning from that experience alone, he was like, hang on, let me just wait a little second, let him drop first and then easy goal. And I think, yeah, the pass from Jesus was was amazing, the little yeah, bit of dribbling and that's what he's so good at, that yeah. separation he can, he can create in the, in the edge of the box or edge of the half, sorry. And then the finish was fantastic as well. I think the attack, at times really clicked but in in the grand scheme of the game i don't think it was i'd say excellent i think it was a bit all over the place at times and i think the decision making in that final third wasn't at at best but the goals we scored were fantastic yeah gonna try and find the stats for you just quickly uh thoughts on sort of saka's performance i didn't i'm I'm always low to kind of criticize saka because i don't think it's fair but like i the last what is it the last two games did not looked particularly sharp is that just a fitness thing for you I don't think he is fully sharp. You can see it. I think sometimes he's a bit more decisive of his actions. And I think in this game, it was a bit more overthinking it, slowing it down and trying to just get get the job done with, you know. And look, it might just be down to fitness. And I was surprised he started because I thought he didn't look fit against Chelsea, but of course came through towards the end. Was that fact that he was recovering from an injury, but Mikel obviously thought this game against Sevilla, as we saw towards the end, it's a really tough game. Get the get the win now, and now I think we're top of the group, and it gets us a very good position because we now had maybe our two toughest away games. The PSV away is difficult, yeah. but Lens and Sevilla, especially Sevilla, out of the way, and you've got a, a, a three points there, top of the group, and I think next game is Sevilla again at the Emirates, so it sets us up pretty well, nicely in terms of qualifying to the knockouts. Yeah, thank you, Ian, for your uh, contribution. Let's agree we can talk about mistakes when we have that experience. Other case, shush. Yeah, I th- I just think it's about putting everything in context. I I I completely understand those who would say Ramsdale needs to come in straight away or drop Erdegaard or do this. By the way, I thought it was a good sign that Erdegaard came off tonight. A really good sign because it shows that yeah. Arteta is willing to do it. Um, I don't I think he'll play at the weekend, but you know it's a good sign yeah, that, that that's something we haven't seen before. And similarly, Habits in the right eight, we haven't seen that before. Yeah. So I think yeah. both of those things are really encouraging signs. And yeah, it's I I just think it's about you know for me, I think it's always about process. It's always about, you, you can't, mistakes you can't control. You can't control flute. You can't co- control crosses that go in over your head. Like you, you can't control that. You can't control injuries. You can't control all these things, but you can, the, what you can control as a football team in life in anything is your process and what you do. And as long as I see, and I think, to be honest, what I think is happening is Arteta is seeing that Raya and Odegaard and whatever are trying to do the right thing. We as fans see the execution and say, that's not good enough. I think until they, he stops seeing them exec- trying to, to do the right thing, they're going to play. And I and I probably broadly support that. Um, yeah, let's look at the stats for this evening then. Uh, so this is courtesy of Scott Willis on Twitter. Uh, so Should one goal to two. Where's the field tilt? Wells? Yes! Come on. We won on field tilt, guys. Surprisingly, I can't lie. That's, that's all that matters. Sec- no, yeah. ignore everything else. Ignore everything else. There it is. Right, podcast over. Wow. Cheers, guys. Um, uh, deep touches, zone 14 touches. Yeah, probably broadly what we'd f- suggest. 
Interesting that their possession, because I I probably would have suggested that we just edged them on on possession, but actually they had more possession nah, than us. No, but second half, it had all the ball. Yeah. Well, towards the end, yeah, but I wonder whether our, mm-hmm. our quality in the in the first yeah. half might have might have changed that. Uh, this was, uh, yeah, possession. You can see Sevilla growing in confidence sort of throughout the game. Uh, these are the shot maps. So Sevilla having shots, number of shots inside the box. Uh, Arsenal broadly going to the left. Um, let's talk about some other individual performances then. Uh, Tommy Asu, who I thought I, I mentioned it while you were um, mm-hmm. wherever you were. Pretending you're busy, um, yeah. Uh, I really loved Tommy Asu on the sort of di- on the diagonal. I thought it was a really nice change. I think what's been happening recently is not only have teams been blocking that. So um, I think we spoke about this on the podcast, but teams have stopped coming inside and pulling their winger inside to, to mark mark our inverted fullback. They've managed to keep that inside and, and bring two to block our double pivot, and Chelsea did it uh, very well. But what I loved is we've now created more of an angle in the midfield. So Jorginho was dropping out or Rice was dropping out and Jorginho was in there and there's more angles in the midfield and it's it was actually off balance. You know, It wasn't a, an equal two, but I thought it really, really worked in the game and clearly we thought that the spaces were going to be on the right-hand side of, of in, in, their, in their heads of uh, Sevilla's midfield. So I was really pleased with Tommy's performance. Uh, nearly had a goal in the first half and I thought he yeah, was yeah. fantastic the whole game. Yeah, I think it was um, wasn't surprising because you can see it's been building on the left-hand side. The confidence is there now. And I think everything feels more automatic to them now. They haven't played there more. I think he played there some spurts last season. There was that phase where I think he started there over, over Zinchenko. Or Zinchenko was injured when he, when he started against yep. Salah and he started a few games there. So he's played there before and now I think it seems natural to him a bit more. And, you know, he really likes the underlap a lot. And he, he occupies the half space pretty well. And I think when you've got Martinelli holding the width... And Rice, not as, I guess, used to playing in that area. Tommy Asu is doing that job for, for him right now. Obviously, long term, that won't be the case. But he picks up nice positions. And I think his passing is very crisp as well. He's not yep. he's not scared to just hit that first time. And that's one yep. thing, of course, if you're going to play there, you have to do. Because Zinchenko, of course, is our progressor. And if you're progressing at a similar standard, maybe not as high as Zinchenko, but you're playing that pass to get us forwards, it gives us a more, you know, a snappy attack. And that's what you want. Mm. Yeah. Pavel Gasparak says, Tommy Asu's hips managed what Tierney's could not. And I, I, I think you're right. The one thing I'll say, something's changed with Tommy Asu, his ability to receive. I think when he came, he looked a lot stiffer than he is than, yeah. than he is now. He looks really loose. Uh, I know George would probably be talking about his hips and the hips don't lie. Um, but, you know, he's not, a, he's not, you know, he's not Zinchenko level. But he's not far off, sort of Kivior in the terms of the, in terms of the way he can receive it, and you get that added defensive solidity. So he's a really, really strong option for us. Um, mm. I really, really like that. Um, other individual performances. Then who should we cover? We talk about. Sal- we, I mean, we could talk about Saliba, but it's boring now. Check his passport, mate. That that bloke is not twenty two. He's not. I, I find talking about Saliba boring because I just know he's good. Uh, I find it. I find it annoying how good he is. And French. He's just like there's nothing I can so talk about. So. We've just said it. He's so good so many times now. Yes. What else can we? What angle what can we say? come from now? Yeah, he's got great hair. We know that he's got great pace. Yeah, we know that as well. Like yeah. we know he's a great player. Yeah, I think Gabriel is decent as well. I think back towards defending, yeah. he really suits him as a player. Um, I, and I, then White. Sorry to go. I feel sorry about for Gabriel because I think Gabriel yeah, could course. have an incredible performance, and everyone just is still looking at Saliba because he's but a that's joke. Where you have to hope that when we start to win major honors. You know, Gabriel will stop, you know, adding that up. And at the end of his career, go, okay, these two were a centre back partnership, yeah. not just Saliba was this clear player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, William Gallas can fuck off. Um, okay, is he world class in the first place? Was William Gallas world class? Well, yeah, I'll tell how you what. Can he a player wa- that's not world class say he's world class? 
he's he wore the number ten shirt, so uh, that's no Doesn't world class in uh, in uh, in my view. Thank world you, class mate. Troll. Thank you, mate. Another impression in the bank, Babs. What do you think of that? I don't know, mate. It was decent. It was decent. More than you believe. Um, who who else would you go to? George, I thought Jorginho was better. I didn't think he changed the world, but I thought he was better than he played against Chelsea. I oh think, yeah, hundred percent. I think he he received it in some nice areas. He had some weird moments at the end. Where he was like slicing it in the air, like two two or three times in a row. Oh yeah, that was towards the end. I think everyone lost composure. Um, yeah, yeah, no, true. Um, yeah, I thought he was he was he was better. Uh, I think we've covered everyone other than Erdegaard. So we should come to Erdegaard. Oh, we we should talk about Erdegaard. I think I, I want to talk it from a different angle now. I don't. I want to talk about him as like, a, oh, he, everything's wrong about Erdegaard as a player right now. I want to say it as it looks like he's drained of confidence. I don't know where it's come from, and maybe it's a, the pressure of the armband or uh, the recent performances. But it looks like he's drained of ideas and confidence, almost like a creative block. And everything he's tried before that was working, he's not doing that as much. And then he's trying to always hold the ball on for too long. And then there's little jewels that he's losing out. And it's kind of building almost maybe a narrative in his mind. Oh, I'm out of confidence. It's not working out for me. And he's, he's not feeling sorry for himself. Which like. He's still trying to work. He's still trying to press. And that's that off the ball thing is saving him. That's why he's starting for Arsenal. Because he keeps chasing the ball and he keeps leading the press. And as long as he keeps doing that, Arteta will start him. But the fact that he took, as you said, took him off so early to play Havertz on that side is a sign that, okay, now you might be my captain, but I will take you off now. Because if you're not performing to a captain standard and, you know, you're being a passenger, then I'm going to have to take you off. And I'm not saying I take it as a personal shot on the player. I just see a player who's out of confidence. And players go through phases. The best players go through phases where they go out of confidence. Let's see how he is in two, three games time. Because all it takes is one goal, you know, and then it can change and it can swing back in his favour. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think confidence is is definitely a part of it. One hundred percent. I I do feel he's being asked to do different things. He still feels higher than he has been in the last couple yeah. of years. So he's arriving earlier, and he's almost on the scene sooner, which I don't think suits Erdegaard massively in terms of, especially on the transition, but also in in the final third, just generally. He's often on the last line. I think we've lost something on that side. With I think White is overlapping Saka less. I feel I could be wrong. I could be. I, I, could, I could be wrong. But um, yeah, you're right. It, it feels less. Less. So yeah, I I don't know. I I I think I think I think it can be both things. Of course, two things can be true at the same time. I, I think Erdogan's lost confidence and isn't playing particularly well. But I also think the his role is as an adapter in the team, and you know playing one way one week playing another way the next week and having to do different jobs and leading the press and all those sorts of things can can mean that we it takes him out of that sort of creative rhythm that maybe we we we're used to i don't know i'm kind of i'm slightly lost on the odegaard thing at the minute because i think a few games ago i had a clear idea of like okay we're just seeing a, an adaptation but now yeah. i'm starting to see the execution being off and i think that is what not what i saw before i think i saw yeah. someone who whose role had changed but was still executing it well but in the last two or three games, his execution has gone. So, yeah, yeah maybe that's... That's concern. why I say it's a confidence, because it seems like a player yeah, is not playing like himself. Ash, thank you very much for your contribution. Um, I'm presuming... Oh, Man City, Chelsea, Sevilla, seven points were in a crisis, some team. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that is kind of... Uh, look, it's 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 the media washing machine we all live in. You know, we're, we're all going to finish this stream no, and, then pick, and then pick up our phones and read... 27 more opinions or whatever and, we're, and it's constant everyone's revising everything all the time things you know if it, it used to be that you had to to get your opinion aired 
you had to like write a letter to like the Daily Mail, and then by the time you've written it, you think, oh, do you know what? I can't be bothered to so just tell you, mate. Now everyone can tell each other everyone's opinions all the time. I mean, look what we're doing now. So obviously things are going to feel like a like a, a crisis because there's so much information and so many people saying so many things all the time. So I I just think if if you can individually take a step back and go, do you know what? We're in a good place. Like it's it's fine. You can always improve. You can always improve. But I think the idea that you know we're going down the toilet and whatever is just I just I just don't buy that at all. Um right. Uh let's do some questions from our audience. Six hundred and thirteen of you in here at the moment. Thank you so much. Lovely stuff. Is that ten three? Mate. The cannon pod pull, let me tell you. It's active. Uh, Funcho says, Martinelli has now scored in first Champions League start, first Premier League start, League Cup start, and FA Cup start. Baller. Is that true? Yeah, I saw the stat as well. I think it was that an is, to... That is a mad stat. That yeah. is a mad and stat. Champions League debut goal, as you said, is a very important thing. Saka's Champions League debut goal as well. Starboy's connecting. There's just one player missing. Neil Smith throw. <laughs> George uh, like... Oh! Yeah. Rice plays centre mid, left mid, left back. Oh yeah, Rice right. is I, amazing. I just think that's his. He's not playing there necessarily. It's just his his role. He just goes over. And if, do you know what? If, like, you can talk all you want about where he receives it and line breakers and his role, whatever. But he just can physically dominate people. He can just go and get the ball off you. And when you have someone who can do that consistently against top teams in Europe, all over the world, top teams in Europe, all over the world. You know what I mean? Top teams all over it's just over he's he's a he's he's crazy he's crazy uh alfred the great says it's 4 30 a.m here in thailand jeez Respect. elliot Respect. we covered tommy earlier we 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 love him uh should the team be rotated a little for the sheffield game erdogan and saki given breaks but knowing arteta he'll play saki even if he loses his left leg i, I would like to think so because it's a home game and I know that you can always, you have to take the league very seriously. And that's obviously a massive aim for us to win a league title. So you can't slop off. But there's certain bench players that we have now that are first team quality, Trossard and Co, where they come into the team and the, the quality won't drop too much. So I would, be, I would look, I don't think he'll drop early guard as a captain, but maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that we see Arteta go a bit bold and go, not drop him, but say, look, he's played a lot of games, Champions League, Chelsea. Let me give him a rest. Let me start Havertz there or Smith Rowe there or Vieira there as well and, and, and try something else there. Because right now, the right-hand side isn't working to its highest standard. And that's maybe down to the fact that Saka's come back from an injury, Odegaard's out of confidence and, you know, why it's not overlapping as much. Change up on that side against... I yeah. mean, if you're going to try it in a game, it will be Sheffield United, not Newcastle away. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the argument that, like, old teams are, are sitting in against civilians sit in. And Odegaard was still a little bit off it, so I, th I think yeah, you know there's exactly. a there's there's still some, there's there's something going on, and and look, we just we just have to see. Uh, Lucas Chambers TV says, "What's your opinions on Enketia? Is his time up?" I thought Enketia was all right. He was all right. right for me. But he was Enketia, myself, you know I mean? <laughs> but that's what it is for me. Is he's Enketia? And yeah. fans have created a stigma, and I can see it myself as well at times, is you got Gabriel Jesus, and every time he gets the ball, just as the natural feeling you get, something might happen. Every yeah. time Enketia gets the ball, it's not as much that feeling. It's sometimes actually, when's the foul coming? When's he going to give yeah. the ball away? Yeah. The, the, I don't think he's uh, able to create that same level of feeling that Jesus creates. And that's why I think it kind of sucks the energy out of fans at times. And yeah. hence why Enketia doesn't get respect. And sometimes he's a very good player and he has some very good performances. But he's had, I think, too many recently where he's kind of just sucked the energy out of the attack. 
where he slows it down and it's a bit, a bit less fluid and sometimes it's effective sometimes it is and the mm. Bournemouth game was a prime example but yep. tonight I just think a little bit more composure and a little bit more fight when he's trying but I think he looks a bit too bulky in a sense I think he used to be a little bit faster a little bit more agile when he used to come off the bench in 21, 22 I think now he's obviously putting a lot of weight which is mm. fine for a striker but I think when he's trying to now burst past the play he can't do it as much Agility, yeah yeah, the I have a word in my mind that I think Nketi is missing. What do you think was Nketi's best moment last season? Nketi's best moment last season? Hmm. Man United. United. I, I would argue his best moment was that West Ham goal where he Ooh, took it yeah. and turned. Yeah. And what he did there was he, he made separation. And you don't notice it, but Jesus is constantly able to move away from players just quickly and sharp and get his action off. Tonight. And well, yeah, and and Eddie just doesn't have that. So I think that's the thing of the feeling of him like clogging up the attack. I think I think is that it's his ability to create separation in the box, create separation from his marker. He does all his actions fine. He receives it, passes it off, or whatever. But it's that next level where someone can burst away from you, and you can do that in a number of different ways. You know, you can you can faint or and go, or you can physically push someone off or whatever. But at the moment, he doesn't have. He doesn't have that ability. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, look, he, he's Eddie Nketiah. He, will, he, he unfortunately has a cap on his ability, I think. And, and that's no, that's not, you look, his cap is like, you know, a top six player. Like, it's, you know, he's an unbelievable football player. One of the, you know, top however many hundred in, in the world. But it's, it's like the question is, is that enough for Arsenal with our ambitions? We need the top 50 players in the world in our team. You know, like it, it, it has to be, it, we have to be aiming for that. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I just think Eddie is Eddie and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether it's worth um, <laughs> pondering him too much. Um, where are we? Let's do one more question. Uh, oh, here we go. Is it time to see Zinchenko in the left central midfield because Rice is good in the eight, but he's different levels in the six? And yeah, I, I don't, I like Rice in the eight, and I think he can do certain things, and he stops transitions quickly and does some nice stuff. And he actually has a nice sort of threaded ball now through to Martinelli, which is 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 really consistent, and really starting to pay off. Um, I just think in terms of when you're trying to break a block down. You want someone who's a bit cuter between the lines, in my opinion, than a Rice. He's a little bit heavy-footed, um, which is great for a presence at the base of midfield. And I wonder... I, I, I've always been interested in seeing Zinchenko in, in, in a more advanced role. Always have. I, 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 I'd be keen. So, what do you think? I don't, I'm not sure how he'd do in the final third. That's my concern. Because he plays in the left midfield role, if you're talking about what he does when he plays left back. But going forwards, how good has Zinchenko been in that final third to, I don't know, play a one-two or make a run to the box into the half space? I actually think Tommy Yasu's done it pretty decent. So yeah. if he can match that and do it better, because yeah. his profile on paper looks more suited. And let's not forget, he started off his career as an attacking midfielder. So if he can replicate that sort of, you know, I guess dribbling in the final third, mm -hmm. and of course, but I just don't know how comfortable he'd be in that position. That being said, though, I don't think he has played in that sort of area before for Ukraine. So yep. clearly he's done it before and maybe Mikel Arteta mm -hmm. will try it. I just don't think this weekend. No, I don't think it'll be this weekend. We might see it in certain games or game states. I don't think we'll start with it. I think um, the one thing with, with Zinchenko is in this team, he's been the one playing the pass through the lines. I think, yep. can he be the one receiving the pass on That's the on, on you know on, on the final line? I don't know. Um, and that's a different, it's a different skill. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, right. We'll finish there. Um,
look, overall, take the positives, guys. Take the positives. Like, you know, we 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 went to Sevilla, really tough away ground. I've got um my housemate's a Madrid fan and he was um uh, Spanish and he was saying at the weekend it's, it's you know it's a ridiculous place to go everyone in Spain says Sevilla is like one of the, the least favourite places to go and that place was up and we've still got a young team and you know yes things aren't perfect there's there's lots to discuss Erdegaard's role Raya's Starfall chance creation you know is, all the all these things yes they're up for debate 100% and, and, and I don't pretend that my opinion is the right one but what I do feel is we have to take a step back and go look got the three points you know, I appreciate. You know, we're still unbeaten in the league. We're in a, we're in a really, really good place. So I think we, I think we have a lot of reasons to be positive. Yeah, I think this is the Man City effect on Arsenal fans. We feel like <laughs> no. even though the Champions League is everything, you need to be perfect in every single game if you're going to beat Man City to a title. Even though it's Champions League, and I think that's what it is for fans. Like even when you're winning games, it's like, well, did we win XG? Did we win full yeah, tilt? Did we did we do that? Did we make? Oh, we won on field tilt, Bavs. Yeah. Oh, we won just, on field just, tilt. <laughs> just, just. My point is, fans will look at little things now, little things that potentially yeah. could cost cost us going into the future, yeah. and I can see why. It's a it's a mentality that could be costly, but I think yeah, as a fan, enjoy the moment. You've won a game, celebrate, go to sleep, or I don't know if it's good morning, then have a good day. <laughs> it could be, man. It could be like it five a.m. It is five a.m. So he said yeah. it's four thirty in Thailand. So so maybe yeah. he's going to bed now. So yeah, have a good maybe. night. Have a good night or a good day or whenever you're yeah, watching yeah. this. Exactly. Um, and on that note, we shall finish there. Thank you, Babs. Joy. Always going to appreciate Get your internet sorted. Uh, thanks. As, how, the, how the turns have tabled, my friend. <laughs> hey, they don't know about that. They don't know about that. <laughs> thanks, as always, for watching. Uh, we'll see you on the next Instant Reaction after Sheffield. Um, George might be there. George had to work this evening if you want to know where he was. Go check out our recent podcast, which we put out yesterday. Like this video, subscribe to the Canon Podcast channel, and sign up on Patreon. Or sign up for seven days on a free trial. See if you like it. And if you don't, no problem. Uh, thanks, as always. Peace. Peace. Mine's is first. Well, well, mine was better. No, it was. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.